Yes, it is. 7.05 here in the Employment Hour, Mondays and Wednesday nights. Of course, at 7 o'clock, you get the Employment Hour. As always, your phone calls. would love to hear from you. Lines are wide open. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Is the number you want to use, severance, uh, workplace rights, everything under that uh, umbrella. Maybe you have a package in front of you, you're let go, you know somebody who was let go. Want to know your rights and the uh, the truth, the information you need. This next hour is the hour uh, custom made for you. We'll get to the severance pay calculator and all kinds of groovy things on the show tonight. First, we start with the week that was. Hey, Lior. Yes, yes. Thank you very much, John. Always a pleasure to be back here on Wednesday night to talk about employment law, workplace rights, and everything in between. And uh, uh, hopefully we can have an interesting show, share some information, educate, and uh, arm you with the knowledge you need to know to understand your legal rights. You may be driving right now, and it happens all the time. Maybe you didn't have the best day in the office. You're on your way home. You're upset your boss maybe did something or said something. Mm. Uh, You want to know if they could do that. Guess what? We're here till 8 o'clock. Call us. I'll answer those questions. And to get us warmed up and started, let's talk about the week that was. A couple of situations that I, I dealt with, a couple of calls that I had, just to give our, our listeners a flavor of some of the issues they may one day face, unfortunately. Uh, the first one involves a constructive dismissal. Now, we've talked about constructive dismissal before, John, on the show. This is the idea when the terms of your employment are being changed in a negative way, and you can treat that as a termination and get compensation. Now, oftentimes when we talk about the constructive dismissal and change to the terms of employment, we think in terms of compensation being changed, that maybe my salary is being reduced. But that's not the only type of constructive dismissal, far from it. Uh, Oftentimes, it's much more subtle. The call that I got uh, over the last couple of days was from a gentleman that was in a a managerial position. He was a manager in his company, and uh, the company wanted to change his position into a supervisor role. Now, uh, in the context of this organization, a supervisor role is a much lower position. It has less responsibility. Uh, it has less people reporting to it. Uh, and it's, it's really more of a, an entry-level supervisory position as opposed to a manager which, who is a senior manager. Now, the company made it clear, we're not going to change your pay. We're going to leave your pay as is, but we're going to put you in a supervisor position. Now, for him, he felt that this is a, a demotion. Mm-hmm. This is a, a lesser position. The prestige in the company is also going to be a problem for him. Also, if he's going to put out a resume in the future, it's going to be very difficult to explain why from this year to this year he was a manager and then he was demoted to a supervisor. So it could actually hurt his job prospects in the future. So he decided he's not comfortable with that. And he called me and he asked me, can I do something about it? And ultimately, what he wanted to know if it's a constructive dismissal. And I told him, yes, it absolutely is a constructive dismissal, even though they're not changing your compensation. Because you're now being demoted, it's a lesser position, less prestigious, less responsibility. Even though your compensation is the same, you've been constructively dismissed. So now we're working to get him this uh, compensation that he's owed. He was with the company for about 12 years. So he's going to be looking at 14, 15, 16 months of compensation. Now, uh, the lesson there is very important. If you're demoted, even if your compensation changes, oh, sorry, doesn't change and stays the same, you could treat that as a constructive dismissal in many situations and get severance. And it's oftentimes better than to accept this change because if you accept this demotion, arguably you give your employer the right to do it again and again in the future. And trust me, John, you don't want that. Okay, and, and, and under that... Now, the uh, second matter I'll talk... Let me ask you yeah. this before we move on. If, if You said again and again and again. So this time they changed the uh, title of the position. Could next time they change the salary if they wanted to? Figuring, you know what, this guy is a supervisor. Let's, could they do that? 
Arguably, yes. Now, if yeah. we've implemented this history now of making change to the terms of employment, yeah, you can find yourself now with a salary reduction next month, next year, and then you can't do anything about it. So you don't want to open that door, even though, even a crack. You want to keep that door shut all the time. Uh, otherwise, you potentially are, are running the risk of, of being in a very uncomfortable, very difficult situation. 416-870-6400. I'm going to hang on to you. you got a phone call. Let's do that first. Got uh, Diane in Newmarket. Diane, how are you? Hi there. Um, great show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, my question is, um, I want to know if my husband would be considered an independent contractor or an employee of his company. Uh, the facts are that he basically sells, customizes, and installs retractable screens, and he's been employed with this company since 2010. Um, although it is a seasonal product, he works pretty much March to October every year exclusively and inclusively. And I'm just wondering if uh, if you can give me some more insight into that. Sure, Diane. And for that period of time, does he work exclusively for them? Absolutely. Okay. And what kind of hours would he keep when he works for them? So he w- might set his own schedule, but he's basically in touch with the company all day long, in- including, you know, the scheduling so they know where he is, that kind of thing. He'll often work uh, late into the night calling customers when they're at home or installing on weekends, etc. So it's not basically a nine-to-five position. So he's one of two things. He's either an employee or a dependent contractor. He's very likely actually to be an employee. Either way, uh, what that means is if at some point, uh, Diane, they want to let him go, then he's going to be owed compensation severance uh, as an employee. He's not an independent contractor. He's far from being an independent contractor. I know he's probably treated that way and, and, and probably pays his own taxes like an independent contractor. John, but, but as John knows, and, and we've talked before on the show, he's not one. Uh, is there a concern about him being let go, Diane? Well, basically, he was asked last week, late last week, to sign you know, an agreement that now he becomes full-time which would change his hours from, you know, 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock kind of thing, uh, bring his rate of pay down uh, a third that he was paid. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, so, and his title would be now a labor. So, Diane, yeah, no, here's, here's the thing. I mean, this would be a constructive dismissal. This is exactly what we were talking about at, at the top of the show. He does not, should not, in fact, in my opinion, accept a change like that. And because he is at law, as I've said, an employee, he has recourse. And if he's been there, I think you said 10 years or so, uh, he's entitled to compensation. It could be as much as a year's pay, maybe even a bit more than that. So rather than accept this change, I, I really strongly suggest, Diane, that you have him give me a call. Let me talk to him, find out a bit more information, and help me get him that compensation. It's far better than accepting this change uh, and, and putting himself in a difficult situation and opening that door to future uh, changes in the uh, in the future. Diane, uh, moving forward, here is that number, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. That'll put you in touch with the Lord. Please give him a call. Uh, do us and yourself and your husband a favor. We'll be uh, right back with more of the show. Just getting rolling at 870-6400, star 640 on sale. That is the number to call. want to hear from you. The Wednesday evening edition of the Employment Hour continues. Talk radio, AM 640. 7.15, yeah, the Employment Hour. would love to hear for your phone calls tonight. Lots of uh, good questions always on this Wednesday evening from you. Adam and uh, Etobicoke, welcome to the show. Adam, what's your concern? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I work with an international company, uh, an IT company, and they're looking to sell off a particular division of the company. 
Is there anything that I should look out for, be careful with, in terms of joining this new organization? So here's the the drill, Adam. If you're being uh, uh, your your division is being bought out. What uh, what happens next depends on whether or not you're you're offered a position with the buyer. If you're offered a position with the one that's buying the company, you want to be mindful of signing a, whether you sign an employment agreement. The general rule is that your seniority carries through to the buyer, which is a good thing because if down the road they let you go, they have to account for your full seniority with the previous company. But they can change that by way of an employment agreement. They can have you sign an employment agreement that would eliminate your past seniority, and that's what you don't want to do because you don't want to start off with this new division, new new, new company, and six months later they let you go and they treat you as a six-month employee. So yeah. the main thing is if they want you to sign an employment agreement, we have to be very careful. We want to know what it says. If you don't have to sign an employment agreement, if you simply start working there, that's good. That's the best thing. That means your seniority carries through. Now, if you're not offered a job, as a result of this, you lose your job, then you're owed full severance, of course, based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. And if that happens, obviously, we need to speak. So it all comes down to whether you're offered a job or not and whether or not they want to eliminate your your seniority. Does that answer your question, Adam? Definitely. It certainly does. All right, Adam, we appreciate the call. Give us a call. Yeah. And that number, uh, just to have it on hand, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And for the rest of you calling the radio station now, we're here till uh, nine o'clock, or at least Lior is here uh, at night, eight o'clock rather, to answer all your questions. Uh, Joe in Toronto, good evening. What's up? Hi, how you doing tonight? Good, pal. What's uh, what's your concern? Just a question: Is there any uh, potential difference in uh, eligible severance pay for someone working in an industry that's federally regulated versus provincially? Uh, excellent question, uh, Joe. And the short answer is no, uh, because your uh, entitlements to, to severance, your full severance is not governed by any statute. It doesn't matter if it's provincial or federal. It's governed by what we call our common law, which is the same in every province, any jurisdiction except Quebec. Quebec is different. So because of that, it doesn't matter. Your entitlements to severance are based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. Now, your minimum entitlements may be different whether you're federally or provincially regulated, but that doesn't matter in any event because that's just a small portion of what your full entitlements are. So if you lost your job, we look at your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and whether you're federally or provincially regulated doesn't change it. You're still going to be owed the same. Are you, are you concerned about losing your job, Joe? Uh, no, it's for someone else who actually has lost their job, and it may, it may not have been for a valid reason. We're still working on that part. Are they uh, federally right. or provincially regulated? We don't know that yet. Right. Are they union? Nope. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, what, what industry is it in, Joe? What, what kind uh, of manufacturing job? industry for the airlines. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you're right. That, that absolutely could be federal. Oftentimes, anything to do with aviation and airlines would be federal. But as I said to you, in terms of severance, it actually won't matter. So, uh, so it's not something that's worth spending that much time on. Uh, what I would propose is, you, if you, if your friend haven't given me a call, we can talk about what they're entitled to specifically in their situation. And if they haven't been provided with that, then I can certainly help them get it. Joe, that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Just before we go to a break, uh, I mentioned the severance pay calculator. Walk us through that one time. Yeah, so, you know, Joe was just calling on behalf of a friend or a colleague or something that uh, that lost their job. And, you know, obviously you want to know how much you're owed. And Joe's friend wants to know how much they're owed. So we made it as easy as possible to get that information. We created a website at severancepaycalculator.com. 
Again, severancepaycalculator.com. And it tells you how much you're owed if you lost your job. How does it work? Well, you input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you find out exactly how many weeks or months pay you're owed. Now, as, as to Joe's question, it works whether you're federally regulated, provincially regulated. It works for everyone other than people working in Quebec. Everyone else, it works beautifully, and it's accurate, easy, free to use. Make it really the first place you go to if you lost your job. And if you're speaking with your uh, friend uh, down the road that lost their job as well, let them know go to go to severancepaycalculator.com. You want to call now, uh, we've got the phone lines open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You want to toss us a quick, uh, quick email as well, help at employmenthour.com. Lots more of the Employment Hour is coming right up here. Talk Radio, AM 640. 724, Wednesday evening. Yeah, lines are open. We'd love to hear from you tonight. Call through, no problem. We'll get you uh, on the air here, your questions, your concerns. We were talking about this before in a previous show, and we'll continue with it, and that is uh, discussions about the top situations. You are probably owed much more severance than you realize. Uh, I think we left it off with small employers, yeah? Absolutely. And, and, you know, uh, before we even start, John, Mm -hmm. what's the top situation where you probably owed more severance than you realize? That's every situation. Okay. (laughs) Let's, let's make it clear. Almost everyone is owed uh, a lot more severance than they realize, maybe even more than their employer realizes. Okay. And that's where uh, I need to make that very, very, very clear. But with that being said, there are situations where you may be owed even more than you realize even then. (laughs) And one of those examples is small employers. A lot of people believe that because you work for a small company, you may be not owed severance or maybe less severance because it's a small company. And yeah. you know, you may think logically, should the, the corner grocery store be required to pay the same amount of severance as the Royal Bank of Canada? Well, well, the short answer is yes, and, and that's the law, and the law does not differentiate between small companies and big companies. Remember, your entitlements, if you lost your job, are based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment, not the size of the company, not the size of the company's payroll. None of that actually changes or matters. Mm-hmm. So remember that. If you lost your job and you're working for a company with one other employee, or maybe you're even the only employee, you still get the same amount of severance. Now, your minimum entitlements may be different based on whether you work for a small company or a large company, but that has absolutely nothing to do with your full entitlements. And because of that, if you lost your job, small company, and you think maybe they only have to pay me a week's pay, two weeks' pay, that is wrong. Go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out how much you're owed. Trust me, you're going to be surprised. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Uh, Joe and Markham, good evening. How are you, Joe? Good. Um, I just have a question. Um, mm-hmm. This happened to me in the past, and it's happening to a friend of mine now. He works at a, a large institution, and they're outsourcing a whole bunch of jobs, um, but they're not laying them off. So what they're doing is they're giving them an offer to work at the new company um, for a set period of time. Now, do they have to take that, or can they consider that as kind of a constructive dismissal and ask them to be asked to be laid off? Well, it's not even a constructive dismissal. It's a flat-out dismissal in the sense that if you're not going to lo- no longer going to be working for this company, for company A, now you're going to be working for company B, well, there's only one way to make that happen. In the eyes of the law, your employment with company A has been terminated. So there's no, there's no other way to make that happen. So yes, it's actually a flat-out termination. Now, the question then becomes how much severance you're owed. If the job offer with the, the new company uh, is on the same terms. You're going to be doing the same job in the same way, making the same amount of money, and uh, you can treat your employment as being terminated from the first company. 
uh, and if you don't accept that job offer, you may be owed less severance because there was a reasonable job offer for you and you decided not to accept it. You still get severance. On the other hand, if the job from the new company is different, maybe in terms of responsibilities or compensation, then you can certainly reject it and still get your full severance. So remember, it's not even about uh, is this a constructive dismissal. Constructive dismissal happens when you're not actually terminated. This would actually be a termination. So uh, your friend and, and anyone else in that situation can ask for severance uh, and uh, can absolutely treat that as a termination, not even a question. And Lior Joe mentioned the word layoff twice in there as well, which kind of scares you, right? Yeah, it scares me because, you know, when we're talking about uh, laying off, I want to be clear. There's no situation where you can be laid off on a temporary basis. That is a termination. If your employer wants to lay you off uh, permanently, that's a termination, sure. But if they say, no, it's just temporary, we're going to call you back, you have a right to treat that as a termination. They can't do that unless you've let them do it in the past and get away with it. So whenever we're talking about a layoff, we want to make sure that we're not under the misapprehension that we can be laid off temporarily. That can happen. Just for everybody listening, take that out of your, you know, your employment lexicon. Layoffs, not happening, not good, not real, no, right? It's a termination. It doesn't exist. The law doesn't recognize it, John. We got uh, Donovan on the line. Good evening, Donovan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay, what's your question? Um, I, I, I had a situation at work where I took a one-year leave of absence. And during that one-year leave of absence, I kind of ended up with a drinking issue. So um, I went to my work and I asked for help, and they set me up in uh, well, my union set me up in a rehab, five week rehab up in Elliott Lake, and uh, I got out. And I had doctor's notes and everything, and it's time to go back to work. And uh, when I got out, my union rep told me that they fired me while I was in there. Well, uh, did you file a grievance? Yeah, I filed a grievance. I've had a step one meeting and a step two meeting, and each time they had a different story. About, about you know, one, one the first time they said they didn't know where I was, couldn't get a hold of me, which they lied because I was on the phone with them while I was in rehab dealing with uh, benefit issues and stuff. Right. And um, then the second time they said they never received any medical paperwork, so they gave them all the paperwork there, and my union had told them that it was all handed in, and uh, they still denied it, and now I'm waiting for an arbitration. So, you know, you've done what you're supposed to do, which is to, to grieve it and, and go to uh, arbitration. Your union's job is to see through all this nonsense and to make sure that you get what you're owed. And in this case, hopefully it's your job back with back pay. Uh, because you're a unionized employee, uh, obviously, in this situation, Donovan, only your uh, union is allowed to help you. There's no possibility to do anything outside of the union. So you've done the right thing. In fact, the only thing that you can do which is to file a grievance. I wish you much success. It certainly sounds like your employer didn't do what it's supposed to, that it's guilty uh, of uh, a wrongful termination. Potentially there's some human rights issues, and I, I wish you much success. The union hopefully will, will do its job well here and protect you. Nick up in uh, Caledon will squeeze you in before a break here. Nick, what's your concern? Hey, Nick. You there, big fella? Now we'll put Nick on hold for now. Okay, we'll take a uh, short break, Leo. Get to more of your phone calls. Uh, 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell is the number to call through. We'd love to hear from you right up until 8 o'clock tonight. Yeah, lots of uh, phone calls to get through. Keep them coming. Yeah, 870-6400, star 640 on cell. Nick in Calden. Hi, Nick. Got you there? Yeah, hi. How are you? Okay, pal. What's going on? Uh, well, basically, I'm calling on behalf of my wife. Uh, she fell ill last year, mm-hmm. and uh, she's better now. She did go back to work, although she was doing 12-hour shifts, and uh, her 
surgeon advised her against it, and she, when she was back at work, she realized she really couldn't do the 12-hour shifts. So they made arrangements to put her on eight-hour shifts, which she's doing right now, and now they're trying to force her to go back to 12. Now, Nick, so is I'm she part of a union? No. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead, Nick. So I'm wondering, would that be considered a constructive dismissal or... Uh, well, it, it's not a constructive dismissal necessarily. It's more of a human rights issue in the sense that an employer has to provide accommodation uh, as a result of someone's medical condition. So if for medical reasons she cannot work 12-hour shifts and her doctor is saying she cannot work 8-hour uh, shifts they have to, or 12-hour shifts, they have to accommodate her. And if that means changing her shifts, they absolutely have to do it. It's not up to them to say we don't want to. Now, has right. she provided them with a letter from a doctor saying she should be working 8 hours? She has, yes. And they, yeah, they, so she, they ignored she it? Them with a, she provided them with a letter. The doctor had put on the letter that she should be working a permanent eight-hour shift. And uh, their doctor is, uh, without seeing her, I don't even think he's uh, properly qualified, saying that he doesn't agree and he, she should be working the 12-hour shifts. Wow, that, that, that's absolute nonsense. So, so here's the two options that she has. Option number one, is we can try me giving them a kick in the pants. Uh, send a letter saying you have to accommodate or else. Uh, option number two is she can treat that as a, as a constructive dismissal, as a termination by violating her rights under the Human Rights Code. Yeah, she can treat that as a termination and get compensation. How long has she been there, Nick? Oh, I think 20 years. Wow. And, and how old is your wife approximately? Uh, she's 48. So, yeah, someone in her situation probably looking at right around 18 months of compensation, all right? So uh, that's a lot of compensation that she's owed. She could pursue that now, or if she wants to try to salvage the relationship and the eight-hour shifts instead of 12, I can try to make that happen. Uh, but certainly, they have to accommodate. She's done everything she was supposed to do by giving them something from a doctor. This is wrong. This is 100% wrong, Nick. She really so does need to give me a call. For another letter, and uh, she's going to be providing that, and then uh, we're going to go from there. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a good idea. If there's an opportunity to still resolve it, she should absolutely try that and get a, another letter from a doctor. If they still won't accommodate her, well, then those are her two options, and I'd be more than happy to speak to her and give her a hand. Nick, that number, uh, write it down in case that uh, arises, one 821 5900 We'll get to uh, Joe in Toronto. Good evening, Joe. How are you? Fine. How are you? Okay, go ahead. you got a question. Lior's here. Yeah, my father uh, worked for a company for 30 years, um, and he's probably due, if uh, his job terminated, probably something like two years severance, maybe. But right. uh, he died He died uh, before his job was terminated. Does his estate have any uh, right to look at the severance as money maybe that's due or not? Or is the severance just over well, when you die? Well, his employment was not actually terminated. Is that right? No, that's right. He died. But he worked for the company. No, the, if his employment was not terminated, there's no, there's no severance. Now, if he was, oh. if he was terminated and before he could collect his severance, he had passed away, then yes, the, the estate could potentially collect severance. Uh, but if, he, if they never let him go and unfortunately he had passed away, then no, there's no severance because they never terminated his employment. Uh, and no, unfortunately, Joe, I, and I am sorry to hear about your father, but there will be no severance payable in this situation. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it, Joe. We'll get to uh, one more. I don't think I have a name. Hi, uh, in Ajax. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? Today? Good. Who am I speaking with? Uh, Bob. Bob, what's going on? What's your question? 
Uh, I want to ask you about uh, constructive dismissal, how that actually worked. I'm going to give you a scenario mm-hmm. where my partner has sure. uh, worked for this company for almost 20 years, uh, 16 years in a management capacity, 12 years as a site supervisor of the company, and has been given a few options with the company. Uh, one is to move to another location as an assistant site manager. The other one is to go to another location of the company as a site manager. Just wondering uh, what your opinion is on something like that. And what is the actual position that your partner is doing currently? Site manager. So, So one of the options is to go to a different location in the same position. Is that right? Correct. Now, the other location, would it be far away? Would it be difficult to get to? Anything like that? Uh, yeah, it's uh, added, added drive time. How much approximately? Give me a sense. Hour? Depending uh, yeah, no, that, that's significant. The so here's the thing. I mean, location. Yeah, no, so and, and I'm more concerned about the, the, the commute. How much time does it add? Now, Here's the thing. If, if Generally speaking, if they were to offer your partner a new position somewhere else that's the same position, normally that wouldn't be a constructive dismissal because they're not really changing the position. They're not changing the compensation, presumably. But if the, the new location is one that's going to make it more difficult to get to, it's going to add over a week, a month, hours and hours to, to her week, yeah, that absolutely can be a constructive dismissal, which means there's another option that your partner may have, and that is to treat the employment as being terminated and get severance. So that that's absolutely an option. I would want to understand more about you know the distance of this new location, how long it's going to take to commute, uh, etc. But that absolutely can be an option because of the fact that it's in a different location that's further away. If it was you know across the street, that probably would not be a constructive dismissal. If it's somewhere that you know an extra hour a day commuting, that absolutely can be. So uh, does that answer the question? Yeah, that's that's the first question you've answered. Mm-hmm. What about the part of going to another location and being put in a lesser role, assistant site manager? So it, that something like that, presumably because it's a it's a lesser position, I guess, would be a constructive dismissal. So it's not something that you know, unless your partner wants that role, that that your partner has to do. So she can, so your partner can accept this lesser position, can accept the other position, or treat it as a constructive dismissal. But they can't force your partner to take a lesser position. If they do, that absolutely would be a constructive dismissal, irrespective of where the location is. Bob, appreciate the call. And Ajax, we'll get to more of your calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The Employment Hour continues here. Talk Radio AM 640. 7.46 on your Wednesday evening. And the Employment Hour here, of course, Monday nights and Wednesday nights live here in studio taking your phone calls. Got uh, Richard in Peterborough. Good evening, Richard. Uh, good evening. Uh, good show, as always. Thanks, pal. Um, so I spoke to Leora about a month ago concerning being a private um, a courier for this company. In all aspects, I'm an employee. I've investigated I'm one day away from filing with the labor board. I did call my employer and ask to be paid for past holidays and civic holidays. He said no, and we don't want troublemakers. Hmm. So my question tonight is, although I'm filing with the labor board for back wages, 
if I was to get let go, get fired, can I still uh, have Lior's services go after severance pay for me? Well, absolutely, Richard. Thank you very much for your call. In fact, that's the only way to get severance in this situation is to work with the lawyer uh, to get that severance. The labor board can help you to get back wages. Absolutely, yes, they can. They cannot help you get your severance, uh, so certainly not your full severance. So I'd be more than happy to do that. And I recall speaking to you, and in that situation, I remember concluding that you're definitely an employee, not even a question. So the good news, Richard, is if if they do let you go, it's not even going to be particularly difficult to get that severance. So hopefully it doesn't happen. If it does, you know how to reach me. I'd be more than happy to work with you and get that severance. So there's no problem having two actions going at once, one with the labor board for past wages plus your own services. None whatsoever. Absolutely not. And in fact, if we, we decide to go the severance route, we could potentially consolidate it and just deal with the wages as part of the uh, the severance action. But we can talk about that. But bottom line is, yes, we can certainly do both at the same time if we need to. Well, I'm, I'm going to try with him once to the labor board and see what happens. Excellent. Good luck, Richard. Good call. Uh, Michelle and Milton. Good evening, Michelle. Oh, hi. I'm here. Hang on. Sure. Hanging on. I'm here. There I'm she here. Is. All right. Go ahead. Um, hi there. I um, am calling, I guess, about a dismissal. I was recently um, fired, actually, for the first time in my life on Thursday of last week. I work for a real estate um, agent as an assistant, so just doing papers, all that kind of stuff. And during my time with this real estate agent, I had recently brought over $2 million of business to him. Throughout the real estate world, there's an unwritten rule about commission that gets paid for bringing that in. So I automatically assumed that I would be getting something. My real estate agent approached me and said to me that for the amount of business that I brought in, he was willing to give me $2,500. And I guess when he looked, the look on my face said that I was not happy with that. We got into a verbal disagreement about it, and he fired me. Told me to get my Did he pay you any severance, Michelle? Um, I have no idea yet. It just this happened, just I guess. It just happened. <laughs> now, how long have you been there total? I, I'm not very long, seven months. Okay, and, and how old are you, Michelle? How old am I? 42. Yeah. Sorry, 32? 42. Okay, 42. So here's the thing. I mean, ultimately, is he allowed to let you go? The Unfortunately, the answer to that is yes, he can do that, even though it's unfair. Uh, now, if there's, a, if there's an agreement in place with respect to how commission is going to be calculated, and if he didn't do that, then yeah, he'd have to pay you commissions. If, on the other hand, it's just kind of an unwritten rule, that's probably not something that the law would enforce. We may not be able to help you with respect to commission. But with respect to severance, I would assess you probably being owed right around three months severance or so. Uh, you know, two to three months is what I would I would assess you at, and that's based on what your compensation is, salary, benefits, etc. So give me a call. Certainly, once you know if he's paying you any severance, what would make this a wrongful dismissal, Michelle, is if you are let go without that compensation. So two to three months severance is what I would assess you at. Anything less than that makes it a wrongful dismissal. Uh, and I'd be more than happy to work with you if you want me to 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 get you that compensation that that you owed. That is amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I will be calling you. 
Michelle, nicely done. The number 1-855-821-5900. We'll take a short break. More phone calls uh, coming up. Hang on the line if you haven't called us uh, yet. Give us a call. you still got uh, a few more minutes here before 8 o'clock. 416-870-6400, star 640 on Celsius Employment Hour. Talk Radio AM 640. 754, last few minutes of the show tonight. A reminder, we're on Monday nights as well, live from 7 to 8 o'clock. Same time slot. To begin your uh, to begin your week, uh, Ashley in Oshawa. Thanks for hanging through. What's going on, Ashley? Hi there. Um, today I was let go from a position at your standard retail um, store, mm-hmm. and um, as I was finishing up my uh, shift in the back, I was cornered by the manager and the assistant manager. Told to give them my key and sign a document that had all sorts of allegations against me being a poor um, employee. And I had also mentioned that I had gotten a verbal write-up and some other things, and I had no documentation and had absolutely no clue that any of this had happened and was basically told, sign this. And then as I did, um, the manager said to me, if you're quiet, nobody will know why you were fired, like if you don't make a scene when you're leaving. And I'm just, uh, yeah. (laughs) How, nice. how long did you work there for, Ashley? Not long, like maybe a month. It was just a starting up, uh, starting up retail store. But I mean, I did everything to the best of my abilities. I'd never been told that I was doing a poor job. Um, yeah. And then there were, I was told, like in the document, I was told there was allegations that I had inappropriate comments um, with uh, management, and nobody ever said anything. Nobody brought it up, and I'm just not sure what kind of actions I can take. So here's here's the the big issue. The big issue is the fact, uh, unfortunately, that you've been there only for a month because yeah. your entitlements are going to be limited because of that. Now, yeah, what they did is completely wrong and unfair. But the law only really knows how to compensate by way of severance. Yeah. And in this situation, given the fact you've been there for a month, and, and obviously it's not a an executive position that you had, yeah. you may only be owed something like a week's pay, maybe two weeks' pay uh, at, at most, uh, something like that. So. In terms of getting that, it may not be worthwhile. Uh, so so my, that's my only concern here. We can talk about that, but ultimately I think your entitlements are limited only because you've been there for such a short period of time. So this may be one of those things, despite the fact that I agree you were not treated properly, mm-hmm. it may be best to, to not pursue it and move on from it just because of, of what's at stake. Yeah, the, the hassle's not worth it, right? Just to, Probably just to go not, after a I month. Think, yeah. no, no. Got uh, Marvin in Brampton. Good evening, Marvin. Hey, good afternoon. How are you guys? Good. What is happening? Uh, I, I have a question, but I don't, I don't know if it relates to the show, but um, my dad had worked for this company in, back in the 80s, and I think the company, uh, they're, they're no longer here, but um, I'm just wanting to find out, how do you find out if he contributes to a company's pension because he's close to retirement today? So you you think maybe back then he, would, he paid into a pension plan and... and, and Right now, you don't know anything about it. Is that essentially it? Yeah, because he, he wasn't too. He, could, he can't remember if he paid like a company pension, mm-hmm. so like he's close to retirement now. So I want him to get the the most benefits out of his retirement. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you, if you don't know about it and if the company is not there, then it, it really doesn't exist. Uh, it, there wouldn't be something that, that's just sitting there for him, not likely, especially when the company is no longer around. Usually what happens if someone has a pension that they pay into and that they leave the job, then what happens is they can take that money and, and do something with it. They can put it into an RSP. They can transfer it into another uh, financial instrument. Uh, so something would have happened with that payment if it really existed. So 
in that situation, my best guess is it probably doesn't exist. So I don't think there's really anything you can do about it, uh, unfortunately. I'm sorry to hear that, uh, Marvin. Well, uh, just about wrap it for tonight, my friend. In the meantime, you need to get a hold of Lior. Uh, we're back here uh, Monday nights, of course, and the weekend shows as well. But contact is simple. It is 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't used it yet, just for uh, for giggles, check out severancepaycalculator.com. Find out uh, what you're really owed. Not what people tell you, what you're really owed. severancepaycalculator.com. Until next time, this has been the Employment Hour. Talk radio, AM 640.